Welcome, Mike. Every Monday, we recap the entire fantasy football slate that just happened on the day before this, the Lord's Day, God's Day, Sunday, anti-Chick-fil-A day. Unfortunately, we're going game by game. Looking at everything that happened in fantasy football, in the NFL, betting, parlays, everything good and bad, all the shittiness that happened in fantasy football, which is just the majority of everything that happens in fantasy football. Hate the sport. Couldn't hate it more if I tried. But we're here. And what else is here is this shit right here. Justin Herbert at .5 passing yards. This is what we call a free square on prize picks. If you're not on prize picks yet, there's literally no bigger incentive than this right here, okay? .5 passing yards for this upcoming Sunday. All right, he doesn't play tonight. He doesn't play Thursday night, but he plays Sunday. So there's a free square. So if you want to take another square with it for the Monday night game, all right, here you go. You just locked in one of your two slots. All he's got to do is complete one fucking pass. Actually, probably like three Austin Eckler passes because those are all behind the line of scrimmage. However, free, free money, free fucking money right here, Justin Herbert. If you're new to prize picks, one, this should get you on. Two, use promo code BDGE if it's your first time depositing. $10 will turn into 20 40 to 80 et cetera, et cetera, up to $100 because they match your deposit when you use promo code BGE. As you can see, all the gold states are states that you can play prize picks in. All the black states are states in which you will be able to eventually. They're working on it. The legal system's trying to hold them down, just like they're trying to hold me down. All right? Motherfucking tax man trying to hold me down. How we doing? What up, Mikey Baby? Papa? Ambiguity. Yeah. Bet, bet, bet your money. Fuck yeah. You know. Carl knows. Carl knows. Ain't no fun unless you're losing all your money. Let's go game by game. Let's get it on and popping. Share screen. Let's go screen one. Game by game. So, uh, the I don't know why this is the last game queued up, but we'll start with Sunday Night Football, and then we'll work our way bike up to the top. Uh, the Colts just this, – this was one of the biggest mismatches of the year, just the Colts offense and the Colts offensive line versus Dallas's defense and their pass rush and their secondary – uh, they had no hope going into this game. It was never close. It was never going to be close. I know the score might make it seem like it was close, but it was only a matter of time before Dallas ran away from this because Matt Ryan has no time under pressure, and even if he did, his arm is a piece of fucking angel hair at this point. Uh, right now, I mean, they play the Vikings next week, so like you can obviously start Jonathan Taylor. Matt Ryan's unstartable. There were some rumors spreading around today. You know, We'll talk about uh, Jimmy G and San Fran when we get there about possible quarterback situations, but you know, we'll, uh, we'll see if something happens with Matty ice here. Alec Pierce finally had a good game. Listen, everybody on Indy is unstartable against good defenses. I think you could still start Michael Pittman like next week against the Vikings. I'm going to be okay playing him. Uh, I'm not going to be playing Pierce. I'm not going to be playing Paris Campbell, but it's it's brutal out there. On the Dallas side of things, things are the opposite of brutal. Dak looked great in what he needed to do. Um, Tony Pollard and Zeke. I was very high on Tony Pollard going into this week, and I will be every single week going forward. It's a very clear split here. Zeke takes the short yardage. Zeke, Zeke takes the, the carries that wear down the defense. Zeke takes the carries that are on the goal line. But Tony Pollard don't fucking need him to score. Obviously, as you could see here, 12 for 91, two touchdowns on the ground. Also caught two of his three targets for 15 yards. Both of them just really, really, really involved. They want their running backs involved when they don't need to throw thy ball. Keep starting Tony Pollard as a very high-end RB2. Zeke is 
probably closer to mid low RB two, but you could obviously play both of them going forward. CD lamb kept doing his thing. Michael Gallup, uh, Scored twice, but he did tie CeeDee Lamb for the team lead in targets with seven of them. So we're talking about him finally about nine months removed from the ACL. Reduction hasn't really been there. I'm not going to get overly excited averaging fucking 5.8 yards per catch here. He did score twice. He looked good on those on those passes, and I think he'll get stronger as the year develops. But for right now, I still feel like you know he's strung together back-to-back good, decent fantasy games. And this one was obviously more than decent or good, but I still feel like I need to see more consistent production like i want to see a few like five for 80 games or like one blow up six for 110 some shit like that for me to feel confident putting him into the lineup for now he's you know he's he's an okay flex we'll put it that way steelers falcons biggest takeaway is george pickens fucking stinks i hate that dude i don't i started him i thought he was gonna have a big week turns out very difficult to have a big week when kenny pickett is your quarterback they somehow beat us 19 to 16 Led by, I guess, Najee Harris, 17 for 86. We weren't sure if he was going to play with the oblique injury. Ends up playing, ends up playing a lot. Um, so no real takeaways here. Pat Fryermuth is a guy that you can continue just starting as a tight end. He's been really, really productive every time Kenny Pickett has been in the lineup. Najee Harris, you continue to roll out, roll out as a mid to low RB2. You hope he gets into the end zone. Otherwise, he kind of stinks. But it's hoping to see maybe a little bit more Jalen Warren. Um, or, you know, if Najee didn't play, Jalen Warren probably would have got – uh, a big workload. Turns out that was not the case because Benny Snell got most of the carries. I'm assuming Jalen Warren's probably not 100% coming back from the multi-week hamstring injury anyways. Deontay Johnson continues to do exactly what he does every week. Five for 60. That's actually a, a big game for him. But Pickens, I feel like, I don't know, maybe he just got locked up by A.J. Terrell, but he was, you know, he was bad. Kenny Pickett throwing the ball to him was bad. I'm okay, you know, going back to him next week, him and Deontay Johnson. They play the Ravens, so actually probably not because that's one of the better secondaries. One of the better defenses overall in the league right now. They're really like coming into their own as a defense. So, would rather not play either of those guys if, um, if I had the opportunity not to next week. Uh, on the Falcon side of things, I realized I just ran past it. Drake London, big game. Uh, Tyler Algier and Cordell Patterson continue to literally put up the same exact stat lines as each other and as every other week that they play. It's crazy. It's just like. 10 for 60, 11 for 50 every single week. You hope one of them gets into the end zone. Coral Patterson did have a touchdown called bike in this one, but you know, more often than not, they're giving you this floor. That's okay. It's like six, seven fantasy points and you hope they get into the end zone, but both of them are, I, I like Coral Patterson coming off of last week. I thought we were going to get a little more juice. I thought we were going to get some more work in the passing game because Kyle Pitts is out. Right. And he had a season high in targets. He had five targets last week. So I'm all right. Maybe he's picking up some of the slight here. That shit was a lie, all right? So, um, obviously, like, we like Crispy P more than we like Tyler Algier, but I'm not, I'm, I'm probably not getting overexcited about um, Cordarell because his involvement in the passing game is not very high. Packers-Bears. Packers win 28-16. to 16. The Packers' offense is really starting to come together here a little bit. We look at the running backs. Aaron Jones uh, started off hot in the first half, 5 catches 24 yards also a nine for 26 on the ground so talking about like 50 overall yards five catches in the first half and then I don't know if he played a fucking lick in the second half he had been dealing with some sort of injury here I think they came out after the game maybe said it was shin related but it was obviously an injury because it was all AJ Dillon in the second half even Patrick Taylor got a carry um haven't heard that name in probably since last year now Aaron Jones shin splints possibly so keep a very close eye on that if you've held on to Dylan like this is what you were holding on for 
Because if he's the guy, 18 for 93, gets a touchdown, catches all three of his targets, 26 yards. So you're talking about almost 130 yards from scrimmage, a touchdown. This is the type of stuff that obviously they're going against the Bears, so it ain't going to happen every fucking week. But this is the type of stuff you held on to, um, held on to Dylan for. They play against the Rams next week, then the Dolphins and the Vikings. So not an, not necessarily an easy fucking slate of matchups. But Dylan will be a high-end RB2 if Aaron Jones misses time. Uh, Christian Watson continues to just dominate on limited touches, six targets, three catches, 48 yards, scores a touchdown, but he also has a 46 yard rushing touchdown. And this was one of like the big selling points with Christian Watson, right? Like with Christian Watson, this was something that he did in college. Often they gave him end arounds. They gave him these carries that he took to the crib. Like what he did on, on Sunday with that carry was what he did in college, like fucking 11 times. He's an explosive playmaker. He's so athletic. He's so fast. His strides are so fucking long. He takes like four steps from the 50-yard line. He's in He's in the pay dirt. So Watson is just breaking out all over the place. Right? This is the title of this YouTube video. We talk about so often with rookies, especially the wide receivers, you see these second-half breakouts. You see them not get acclimated into the offense, not get acclimated onto the depth chart until the second half of the year. It always happens, right? And we don't know uh, why the coaches just want them to get settled in. There's other veterans on the depth chart, the Alan Lazards, the Randall Cobbs. Like, yeah, hey, let's give them our their chance. Like, fuck no. Christian Watson is the, the most explosive playmaker you got on the team. Second half of the year, you're finally seeing him being like a full snap, full, good to go, ready to fucking get targets down the field guy, and he's turning it into – every sort of production metric you could possibly do it. So you continue to just start Christian Watson every single week as a rock-solid wide receiver, too, with obvious monster upside. Justin Fields makes his return. Didn't know if he was going to play in this one. He said, fuck that noise, 6 for 71, and a touchdown on the ground. Breaks off a 55-yard run. Like, dude, the, the future for the Bears and the future for Justin Fields is very, very bright. You're going to need sunglasses out there. We need, like, a Chicago brand out there to just create a pair of sunglasses that's specifically to block the light to block the brightness of the future of the chicago bears because justin fields is single-handedly going to save that economy i have no idea how the chicago economy is doing but i can't imagine um justin fields is not going to fucking save it anyone who's homeless no longer homeless because of justin fields david montgomery with cool herbert still you know sideline on the ir 14 for 61 on the ground and a touchdown catches four Balls for six yards. You love to see that. Ugh. So Demont continues to be like an RB2 just because he gets insane usage when Clue Herbert is not playing. In the passing game, Cole Komet was a guy I, I hit him pretty hard on prize picks on Sunday because Darnell Mooney is on the IR. He's gone for the season. So you're like, where does his passing game go? Turns out nowhere. I think Chase Claypool will probably get a lot of targets. He might have got banged up in this game. I'll have to double-check that. Equinemius St. Brown caught a nice, long, deep ball. Nikhil Harry had a great play, but like these guys are not consistent producers. I think this makes Cole Komet a really, really rock-solid you know, mid-to-low to tight end one remainder of season. Speaking of these young rookie wide receivers breaking out all over the place, holy shit, does Garrett Wilson look incredible. He is now the highest-priced rookie on Mojo, fifteen thirty nine share price, and you could argue that's not high enough because you have other wide receivers at sixteen, seventeen, nineteen, fucking twenty two dollars, twenty four dollars. I don't know if there's a brighter future in the NFL than for this dude Garrett Wilson. He is spry. He is separates from every cornerback that gets thrown his way. 
He is shifty. He can play after the catch. Eight for 162 on 15 targets in this one. This guy has put up. We just needed Mikey White. We needed our savior for the big fucking apple. That is showbiz, baby. Mikey White was built for showbiz. Another 369 yards. They let him sling it 57 times. He wasn't great. He threw two picks. He didn't throw a touchdown. But he has completely unlocked Garrett Wilson. And as far as I'm concerned, Garrett Wilson is a top 15 fantasy wide receiver. I think I had him at wide receiver 16 in my rankings this week. Top 15 might be underselling it. It might be undershooting it. Let's look at their schedule for the rest of the season. But again, this is one of those guys where Wilson was like barely playing the first half of the year. They play, eh, they're at the Bills, but then they get the Lions, the Jaguars, the Seahawks, and the Dolphins. What a slate of games to finish off the season. I'm excited to see Mikey White play against Buffalo at Buffalo. Let's see, let's see what he's really got. See what he can really bring to thy Thanksgiving table. Yeah, Wilson, absolute animal. Um, there was a little bit of excitement about Elijah Moore. Turns out the participation and the snaps and the routes run last week by Corey Davis were the right metrics to be looking at because he had 10 targets, five catches, 85 yards. Again, a lot of these target totals were a little bit inflated because he threw the ball 57 times or 50, yeah, 57 times. Not something that we should count on going forward, but you could see how the target totals were dispersed and it was Wilson, it was Davis. So he's the two here. The other takeaway is that backfield with Michael Carter outs, for this one, he might be back next week, but I really feel like Zonovan Knight has kind of earned that early down roll. 15 carries for 90 yards. It's back-to-back big performances on the ground where he's really efficient. He's making guys miss. He's you know churning out yards after contact. He also caught all five of his targets for 28 yards. So Zonovan Knight is, uh, I think, earned a big chunk of his backfield. James Robinson was active but was terrible as per usual. But Zonovan Knight, I think, is like a low-end RB2 going forward. Um week in and week out, because he, he seems like he's probably the guy there. Ty Johnson was involved in the passing game, six targets, seven targets, six catches, 38 yards. So still a little bit of a, a, a committee here, but uh, Zonovan Knight had all of the goal line carries. I believe he had all four of the goal line carries that the Jets had. So it was Zonovan Knight, Zonovan Knight, Zonovan Knight in a lot of the valuable formats. Minnesota th- side of things, nothing really to take away here, honestly. Literally nothing at all. Justin Jefferson is Dalvin Cook. That's it. Jaguars, Lions. Um, first game back for Travis Etienne, or actually not first game back. Sorry, he got injured last week with a foot injury. We didn't know if he was going to miss this week. Turns out, didn't matter. He was fine. First play of the game, 13-yard run, lost the fumble. Other than that, he looked fine, though. He was back to his old self. The Lions just absolutely stomped this team out. Zay Jones, really disappointing game. He had a ton of drops in this one. Otherwise, could have had a big game. But Christian Kirk did his thing. No other takeaways. Trevor Lawrence got hurt for a second. It looked like he got snapped. You ever seen that like uh, that meme or that like Twitter or TikTok video where that chick tries to like try on high heels and the heel of the high heel snaps and like her whole body just gets contorted like Gumby. That's what happened to Trevor Lawrence. But he comes out the second half, misses like a few plays, and then he's back on the field. So thought he was hurt, thought he was dead. Turns out he not he's not dead. Was dead may never die. Trevor Lawrence good to go. But the Lions, man, the Lions are fucking for real. They're just a scrappy team that you do not want to play against. Jared Goff, 340 and two touchdowns through the air. Biggest takeaway here for me, one, DJ Chark, bike. I actually think DJ Chark is kind of like the Darius Slayton of Detroit, okay? Because he gets a lot of deep targets. He was like second or third in the league in air yards before he got hurt earlier on in the year. Um, but there is, there is some other factors at play here DeAndre Swift finally finally gets his workload back all right so this was the sign we were looking for to tell us that he's actually healthy again 14 for 62 in a tug 
leads the backfield with carries. Him and Jamal combined for 25. Justin Jackson had one. So it's it's their backfield again. Uh, DeAndre Swift looked like the best running back there, looked like the most explosive one. But most importantly, six targets, four catches, 49 yards through the air. So he seems like he's pretty much back to his old self. So I think we can pretty confidently start DeAndre Swift going forward as uh, I'll say a low end RB2 because Jamal Williams still obviously the goal line back scores his six millionth touchdown of the year. I'm on Ross St. Brown, GOAT. Jameson Williams played his first game. This is kind of what I had been alluding to in the live stream on Friday. Someone asked if I was excited about Jameson Williams, and I am as a player, you know, explosive, he's fun, field stretcher, whatever. But as it relates to right now, as it relates to this season, he's been gone for so long, hasn't played in the NFL, needs to get up to game speed, needs to make sure he's 100% healthy. It's going to take weeks before he's getting anywhere near a full snap range right like i want to look at a uh, look at how many snaps he actually did get it's on lineups.com by the way they have all free snap counts percentages by team let me check this out at any points jameson williams played 11 percent of the snaps yep this is kind of exactly what i was expecting so 11 and then maybe next week he'll be up to like 35 and then maybe 50 or 60 so it's going to take like weeks before he's even a full-time player. And even if he becomes a full-time player, like he still needs to have things break right for him to be impactful. So he's a dude that I'd pick up and stash and kind of see what happens. But, um, but I'm not, I'm not getting overly excited about him. Commanders, Brian Robinson dominates the backfield with Gibson coming into this game. Questionable 21 for 96. This is like his fourth straight game with a zillion touches, finally getting involved through the air. Terry McLaurin continues to absolutely dominate. Um, with Taylor Heineke under center. So McLaurin, I think, is just like a low-end wide receiver one going forward, has been every single week. Curtis Samuel, the one takeaway I have from this is his rushing yardage total on prize picks every week is way too fucking low. It's like six or seven yards. It was seven and a half yards this week. Dude gets like three to four carries every week, always busts at least one. Hit that Curtis Samuel rushing yardage prop every single week on prize picks. Uh, in New York, uh, only real takeaways here were... Darius Slayton continues to Darius Slayton. Another big fucking game where he's making amazing plays downfield. Six for 90 can absolutely be used in an every week flex manner. Daniel Bellinger, first week bite from getting his eye poked into his brain. Uh, Five for 24. So nothing like big time, but good to see him back on the field. He was producing like a legit startable tight end in fantasy football. So I uh, think Bellinger is absolutely a dude that you can pick up. And possibly use going forward, you know, if you're in a tight end premium league, you need an extra flex play. I think he is someone because there are so many injuries on this team. Um, he was he was playing really, really well before the injury. So Daniel Bellinger, got to keep an eye on Tennessee Titans. What do we have here? All right. Well, Traylon Burks, like literally died in the line of duty. He had one catch, one target, 25 yard touchdown catch. He he was basically playing Frogger. He, he, I mean, he's another one that could fit into this, into the title of this video, man. These young wide receivers just going crazy all over the fucking place. Second half of the year, Traylon Burks break the fuck out. Um, he was playing Frogger. He he went into the middle of a highway and just got it destroyed. He caught like a beautiful post route in the middle of the end zone and just got clobbered um, and then missed the rest of the game. So I'm not even sure what the injury status is, but like Traylon, Don, what a fucking play. Uh, this other dude, okay, so this rookie tight end, Chigosium Aconqua. <clears throat> We're just going to call him CO. CO. This kid, 
I, I specifically remember. So we make we we one of the products that we make here at BDG is a rookie draft guide. For those of y'all that are in dynasty leagues, we go really deep into um all the rookie prospects that are relevant for fantasy. And typically towards the end, like I start as soon as the NFL season is done, I get into these rookies, quarterbacks, wide receivers, running backs, tight ends, right? And there's like probably like 20, 25 running backs, 30 receivers, whatever it is, right? And this dude was like the eighth tight end on the list. And I specifically remember him because the 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 rep that we work with at prize picks went to Maryland. And I'm watching this dude play a conquo. And I'm like, wow, he is so fucking raw. He's so athletic, but he's so raw. It feels like he was, you know how like they always uh, say like, oh, this guy, this tight end played basketball or whatever. It feels like he literally just got out of the basketball gym and then they put him on a football field at Maryland. Like he did not look like a good football player, but he looked like an incredible playmaker. And we're seeing that development come to fruition. He is an athlete turned tight end, which are what a lot of the best tight ends in the NFL do. He has taken over. He has made a play of 30 or more yards in four straight weeks. In four straight weeks, his stock continues to go up and you are buying him at the absolute bottom right now. If you're in New Jersey, you can go play on Mojo. You can go buy your favorite players right now and buy their shares on the app. You can download the app anywhere. So if you just want to fuck around and look at the prices and look at the fluctuations of players, it will be legal in your state in the coming, you know, months and years as the the legal um, ramifications start to, you know, come down a little bit. So I'd go I go check out the the Apple Mojo if I were you guys. You can go download it, link in the description, but he is someone who will continue to be on the rise for a very long time. They are in dire need, in desperate need of playmakers in this offense because nobody outside of Traylon Burks is it. Not even Derrick Henry. Derrick Henry has not been him. 11 for 30. He just seems like he's got no juice right now, especially against good run defenses, which the Eagles certainly are, especially with Jordan Davis now back in the lineup. And that is a very large split. When Jordan Davis is in the lineup, the rookie from Georgia, who's like 900 pounds and take up the entire defensive line. When he is on the field, opposing running backs have problems. Okay. So they play against the Giants next week. Saquon Barkley. I, I'll never bet against Saquon just because he's one big play away from you know, having a big fantasy game, but wouldn't be surprised if he struggles on the ground efficiency-wise. Bears, Cowboys, Saints. So it's something to keep a note of. Jordan Davis, if he's in the lineup, God. Miles Sanders, 10 for 24, touchdown. Uh, Tennessee Titans run defense, really good. This was not unexpected. This was not surprising whatsoever that he struggled, but he did again in the end zone, so he kind of saved your day. Jalen Hurts just, oh, my God, just so good. Brown, Devontae Smith, every single week you get him into your lineup every single fucking time you can. Tennessee Titans, this is just a, a funnel. Their pass defense is atrocious. Their run defense is awesome, which leads to games like this. With Dallas Goddard out, as I've been saying week in and week out, Devontae Smith is the guy that eats because of it. Broncos and Ravens. Holy fuck. I don't know which of these offenses I would rather watch less. I'd rather talk about less. Um, this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.
Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What are you doing over here? Hold on one second. Let me fucking bing, bang, boom. All right. We're gooch. Russell Wilson uh, just continues to be atrocious. Latavius Murray's gets all the uh, backfield touches. So that's not a surprise. You can, I mean, you could play him as a low end RB2, RB3, because he's just getting so much volume. Like, I don't know how you could be this bad on 21 touches, but Latavius Murray never ceases to amaze us. Other big news, Cortland Sutton left this game with a hamstring injury. It was also the first game back for Jerry Judy, and he looked good enough, four for 65. So if Cortland Sutton misses time, which I do expect him to, two or three weeks, if Jerry Judy was dropped in your league or something, Jerry Judy become or if Cortland Sutton was, or yeah, Jerry Judy was dropped in your league, he becomes a really, really easy priority pickup right now because he kind of takes the place of Cortland Sutton, where I feel like Judy will probably step right into, you know, eight, nine, 10, 11 targets, which is what Sutton was seeing when Judy has been out. Greg Dolchich. Uh, also big game, best game of his NFL career so far, eight targets, six catches, 85 yards, another tight end that you should definitely be targeting on the wire if he's available because Cortland Sutton is out on the flip side, Lamar Jackson. Now Lamar Jackson left the game obviously with a knee injury. Um, so anyone that had Lamar Jackson, the starting lineup, RIP, especially to you, uh, those of y'all that are in the bash, you're probably in the bottom 50. It looks like, I don't know if we have any actual new word, but from what I heard, what I've researched this morning, man, I'm looking good, buddy. Trevor Lawrence to undergo foot uh, RI. Just a mild knee sprain. I believe it's a PCL. There you go. Yeah, video suggests PCL. So PCL can mean anything from day to day to week to week. We've seen a couple guys deal with it this year. Dalton Schultz, for instance, uh, Missed a few weeks with it. I, I believe Ezekiel Elliott also had a PCL sprain. Um, so it, he could play with it. They might need to rest him for a couple of weeks. We will have to keep a close eye on that. Tyler Huntley filled in for him and looked, ugh, I mean, he looked bad, but he's he's a fantasy guy. So 10 for 41 and a touchdown on the ground is what's going to get it done. He's going to struggle because their weapons group is so poor. They have such a bad group of weapons right now. Um, their offensive line is not good when they play against the defense like Denver Broncos, they're going to struggle. So Huntley, of course, if you're in a super flex league and Lamar Jackson misses time, he's a guy that you want into your lineup. 
because he's going to get it done on the ground. Uh, the backfield split was ugly. Kenyon Drake, it was all Gus Edwards in the first quarter, first half, and then Kenyon Drake basically took over the backfield for the second half. So, again, this is just continuous carousel here where we never really know who to actually fucking start. At wide receiver, I think Demarcus Robinson is playable. He's been playable, and he's the only playable guy out here besides Mark Andrews. Browns versus Texans. Uh, man, um, where do we even start here? Deshaun Watson looked so bad. Deshaun Watson, it, it looked like, man, I don't even know. It looked like he was wearing like magic glasses where he thought players' feet were their hand. Their feet were their hands. I don't know how to say that correctly. Every single throw was just in the dirt. It was so, I mean, it looked like a dude who hasn't played football in two years. It looked like that. And this is not surprising. Uh, I made a YouTube video or YouTube short or whatever last week saying like, Watson's a really tough start this week, given just how much football he hasn't played in such a long time. Like you got to get back up to game speed, man. So better days ahead for him. If you have him on your fantasy team, the Bengals are a tough defense, especially on the road. They're, I don't know if it gets any easier, actually, for Deshaun, man. Bengals are a really tough defense on the road. The Ravens have, like I said, been really, really good. The Saints are you know, not not as good as they've been in the previous years, but they're still not a pushover defense, and the Washington defense has really shaped up over the last month or so. So, you know, it's going to be tough. Uh, Nick Chubb, really disappointing game, 17 for 80. Thought this was going to be the game that he kind of run away with. But the Browns special teams and, and defense scored, I think, three touchdowns in this one. So they never really had a chance. Denzel Ward had a touchdown. Tony Fields had a touchdown. Donovan Peoples-Jones had a return touchdown. So they, uh, yeah, they. I mean, they got it done through special teams. Otherwise, just pathetic performance from the Browns. The one takeaway, though, that you don't really see on the box score unless you uh, dive in a little deeper is Cooper with nine targets. Deshaun Watson only had 22 attempts. I don't have the math off the top of my head, but nine for 22, nine targets on 22 attempts is like a 40 to 45% target share. So if we were worried about Cooper and how this chemistry would work out, it seems like uh, it seems like Cooper is going to be a wide receiver one going forward as long as Watson can get his sheesh together. On the flip side, everybody on the Texans stinks. Nico Collins is, again, uh, you know, we've talked about him week over week over week. 10 targets in this one, Brandon Cook's out. So I think Nico Collins is a very, very legitimate flex play um, basically every week going forward. Three for 35 and a touchdown on 10 targets. He continues to get double-digit targets every week. Uh, 10 targets on 39 attempts, so that's like a 26-27% target share. We continue to see that weekly. Seahawks-Rams, man, Gino, what a fun player to watch this year. Um, biggest takeaway, I guess, is Kenneth Walker gets hurt in this one. Uh, I don't think we have anything definitive. Um, Pete Carroll comes out and just uses – adjectives to describe his foot and ankle that like you've never heard before. I feel like he does it just to fuck with us. He's got a jammed foot. He's got a jammed ankle. Like, what are you talking about? Is it sprained? Is it a low ankle sprain? Is it a high ankle sprain? Um, but he did not return after spraining it. And they split up duties in the backfield between DJ Dallas and Tony Jones. So I do expect it to be some sort of a committee. Uh, I do think DJ Dallas, despite being out targeted four to one, could probably take some pass catching work if Walker misses time. DJ Dallas was a wide receiver converted to running back back in college, University of Miami. But, you know, more of the same here. Geno goes off 367, three touchdowns. Lockett and Metcalf go crazy. Um, so, yeah, you're starting them every week. On the flip side, uh, the Rams are a mess. They have everybody basically in the hospital right now. They all stink. The only takeaway really here is Cam Akers becomes the guy. 
So we thought it was going to be Kyron Williams, right? Kyron Williams. Week after week, getting 10, 12, 14, 15 touches. We're like, okay, we're kind of excited. He's a good pass catcher. They're giving him some run on the ground. And they said, nope, not this fucking time. Cam Akers, 17 carries, 60 yards, and two touchdowns. Again, a really, really bad yards per carry performance, but he does get into the end zone twice. So is it just Cam Akers season going forward? I don't know. I don't know what to tell you, but I think this chart should just let you know the risk involved with the L.A. running backs. You just never know what you're going to get on a weekly basis. This is not going to be a good team. This is not going to be a good offense as long as Matt Stafford's out, which I kind of just expect that to be for the rest of the season. Same with Allen Robinson, same with Cooper Cup, Aaron Donald. Do you put him back in there? I don't know how banged up he really is, but it's disgusting, um, and you can't start. I, I guess you, maybe you could start Cam Akers next week. Who do they play? They play the Raiders, so, I mean, he's startable, but I'm not going to feel fucking good about it. I'm not going to feel good about it, just like the Dolphins probably do not feel good about this game. Tua comes out, rips a 75-yard touchdown on, like, the first pass of the game to Trent Sherfield. After that, things got rocky because I thought Taron Armstead was going to play in this one. Turns out he was kind of like a last-minute inactive, and that just opened up mayhem for the 49ers pass rush. Nick Bosa, I thought Nick Bosa was a fucking goddamn quarterback. He lived in the backfield. Three uh, three sacks, there you go, four quarterback hits. It was ugly back there, man. Nick Bosa just owned this offensive line. Um, I guess Tua did what he could based on the fact that they were without Armstead and Nick Bosa was living in the backfield. Three kill, baller, nine for 146. Uh, Jalen Waddell did limp off the field like seven times, only caught one ball for nine yards. So there's definitely some follow-up to be had there. I'm not sure if it was the groin injury that's kind of been bothering him, but if Waddle is out, that's obviously a big hit to this offense. He's a, he's a massive piece of this offense. So keep a close eye. I, I don't, I'm not like overly concerned, but it could be something that kind of like lingers for a week, two weeks, whatever. Um, so we'll have to wait on injury reports. The other, the other weird thing here was Jeff Wilson, after playing so well, just got relegated to – bitch mode here Raheem Mostert seven for 30 on the ground Jeff Wilson had a single carry I don't know if that had to do with the injury that he was questionable with leaving last week's game that had him a little banged up this week I I, I don't know what to tell you here um he did Tua did miss Jeff Wilson on like a wheel route that would have been a pretty easy walk-in 50-yard touchdown I, I necessarily don't know if he even really like missed he did kind of miss him but Jeff Wilson probably could have made the play I think in upper tier like Christian McCaffrey on the flip side would have made the play. Uh, but regardless of Tua threw him a little bit of a better ball, we're looking at another 50 yards and a touchdown. And Jeff Wilson has a big fantasy or at least a relatively big fantasy day with that catch. But uh, another thing to keep a very close eye on is this backfield chair. It gives me a lot less confidence going forward in Jeffrey Wilstein. Now, 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 San Francisco somehow escapes with a victory here, a big victory too. Jimmy G breaks his foot out for the remainder of the season. Trey Lance is already out because of the ACL tear. Now, Trey Lance, I think, supposedly can't come back in like January. So maybe we see some Trey Lizzie in the playoffs. I've heard reports of multiple things here for the 49ers quarterback position. Now, one is substantiated because it already happened. So Baker Mayfield was cut from the Panthers. Is there any chance that they look at Baker Mayfield? I don't know. Would he be an upgrade to Brock Purdy? Probably not because he'd have to learn the offense. And I just don't like what the fuck is Baker Mayfield at this point Two, There were some rumblings. I, I this is, this, this might just be completely fake news that Matt Ryan could ask for a release from Indy and go sign with the 49ers. That feels like a lot of diva shit. And that feels like Matt, Ryan, Matt Ryan feels like he's above that kind of shit, but it would make sense. Him re 
kindling with Kyle Shanahan. Because you remember, that was the year they played together in Atlanta when he was the OC. And Matt Ryan has MVP season. He's a veteran. And he would probably be able to put up kind of similar numbers to Jimmy G. Maybe a little bit less than that because he looked fucking terrible last night. But that's what happens when you play against a Dallas pass rush and your offensive line stinks. Uh, Christian McCaffrey, not limited, turns out. 17 for 66 on the ground. Biggest takeaway here, though, 10 targets, 8 catches, 80 yards, and a touchdown. Same thing with Debo Samuel. What I think we're probably going to see is a shift from Brock Purdy, uh, where the targets were going with Jimmy G, which was you know intermediate, Brandon Ayuk, a lot of George Kittle, to these by the line of scrimmage. Kind of similar to last year, what Jimmy G was, where everything was within 5 yards of the line of scrimmage around the line of scrimmage, screen passes, short slants. Like this is where Christian McCaffrey and Debo Samuel will eat. You know, this is where they will succeed. And I think it's going to be the Christian McCaffrey show going forward for this Niners offense. So high-end RB1, Debo is like a low-end wide receiver too. I think Brandon Ayuk probably a high-end wide receiver three. And Kittle's just kind of falling off a cliff, honestly. Yeah, he'll have a big game every once in a while, but don't feel great about it. Chiefs, Bungles. This is a fun game to watch. Two good Two good fucking football teams just playing good football. Uh, Kansas City, Mahomes and Kelsey just paired up to have one of their worst statistical games of the year. It happens. Isaiah Pacheco, very involved on the ground, of course, 14 for 66 and a touchdown. He, can, he just kind of has the same fucking stat line every week right now with Clyde edwards Hilaire on the IR. Jarek McKinnon got a, kind of uncomfortably involved, though. Like He was taking some goal line work. He was, he was getting a lot of work for what I was hoping we'd see from uh, – Isaiah Pacheco, like Pacheco low key, if he got the work that McKinnon had could be like a high end RB one, but it's just not the way that they're going to play this game. So it'll continue to be a uh, committee between McKinnon and Pacheco, Juju Smith Schuster uh, finally got back to playing full snaps, but he went back to playing full Juju Smith Schuster. So um, anyone who's overly excited about him, you can, you know, calm, calm the fuck down. No other real takeaways on that side. It's just a, always a game of whack-a-mole who's going to have big games for the Chiefs wide receiver position. And the fact that Mahomes didn't have a big game meant no one had a big game. Flip side, good uh, good first game back for Jamar Chase. If you, if, you, if you owned him and you had him sit in your IR slot and you finally started him again, there you go. Eight targets, seven catches, 97 yards. Big first game back, only bigger games coming. Uh, Samaj P. Ryan just did what he does, and that's play better than Joe Mixon when Joe Mixon is out of the lineup. He is dealing with a concussion still. I would expect—I don't even know. I would expect him to be back next week, but I also expected him to be back this week. So if you have P. Ryan, you're absolutely holding on to him regardless of what happens right now. So you hold on to P. Ryan until we have absolute clearance on Joey Mixon because every time Samaj P. Ryan fills in, he's like a very, very solid RB1. Um, Tyler Boyd dropped an absolute bucket into his fingertips crazy stat that was his first drop it was you know it was like a, a 20 yard touchdown just walking in hits him right in the chest and the fingers drops it. it was his first drop in two years so you know can't can't take it too hard uh t higgins three for 35 touchdown no the real takeaways last game of the slate oh man this chargers offense is outside of her you know what it was man like fuck this was it felt like an easy game to call because the Chargers were missing. I mean, Corey Lindsay was ruled out. They were missing three of their starting five offensive linemen. I think it was like their left tackle, Slater, um, Lindsley. Like they're missing their entire offensive line, and and it showed. Like Herbert was under pressure on every single drop back, man. So their line is in shambles, which has continued to lead to Austin Eckler being a fucking mess on the ground. Um. You had some a couple big games like Eckler five for sixty seven through the air. Actually, everyone had a very similar game. Honestly, Keenan Allen had just 
an absolutely beautiful touchdown. Herbert under pressure, rolled out to the right, hit him on a fucking rope. Absolute seed piece to Keenan Allen in the back right of the end zone. Beautiful play. Like that was that was pristine Justin Herbert. If this dude has time behind the line of scrimmage, man, ah, God, I pray that their offensive line can stay healthy next year. But Keenan Allen continues to be a high-end wide receiver one. Uh, now that Mike Williams has been out, he might be back next week, but I'm not putting a lot of stock into Mike Williams first game back from a high ankle sprain. Cause if you did that last time, guess what? You got booked. Uh, Gerald Everett, good game, but yeah, no, no other real takeaways here on the flip side. Derek Carr continues to play pretty well. Josh Jacobs continues to play at an all world fucking level. And Devonte Adams is just the goat. Are we underrating Devonte Adams? Is he like, is he like low key? The goat is Devonte Adams. The goat. Come on now. Like who's a better wide receiver than him right now. Like how my FF today goes right to Cordell Patterson. Devontae Adams, wide receiver one. Diggs is right behind him. Tyreek Hill, Jefferson. Yeah. Ugh, fuck. There's so many good wide receivers in the NFL right now, man. AJ Brown. Who do you think? All right. Everyone's put in a similar situation. Everyone's uh, you know, everyone's tied to Josh Allen. Or everyone's it doesn't fucking matter who they're tied to. Everyone's tied to the same QB. Who of these five dudes is coming away is walking away with the best season? Adams, Diggs, Tyreek, Jefferson, AJ Brown. Just raw ass talent. I feel like you have to, I feel like it has to be Adams. Part of me wants to say Justin Jefferson, because he might just be the most pure route runner, but I feel like Adams. All like all around game playmaking ability, ability to win just everywhere at any time. Doesn't matter what fucking hand the ball goes to, what fingertip it goes to, he's bringing it in. Um, yeah, that's it. You know, Josh Jacobs, Devontae Adams, you know what to do. You know what it is. How we doing? Dude, wow, you guys all go elsewhere. No one's giving fucking Adams the respect. We got Diggs, JJ, Tyreek, Diggs, one Adams. Diggs and Allen are best friends. Chase, Diggs, AJ. You guys are crazy. Now, we got one Devontae Adams guy. Y'all even watch football? There we go. Let's go, Ronnie Rhodes. What a name by you. I'd pick you. Tyreek Hill would be nuts, yeah. Here's the thing, though. Like, Tyreek had a season. Tyreek had multiple seasons with Mahomes. Mahomes' peak is what you're getting with Tyreek peak. And we're already we're seeing Devontae Adams top Tyreek Hill's best years with Mahomes with Derek fucking Carr, okay? So stop it. So stop it. what i'm saying dog this is what i'm saying scary terror i'd love to see that motherfucker in a in a bills uniform if he had a quarterback my lord lordy lord uh well we got through all 48 games in 41 minutes you love to see it what else do we got Tariq makes two a better yeah him and waddle are just unbelievable and you know what i will make this take right now all offseason, you're going to hear it here in week 13, and then you're going to hear it 50 times, 50,000 times over the next eight months. Next year's 
Miami Dolphins. Next year's Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Going to be Amon Ross St. Brown and Jamison Williams. People are going to be like, oh, you know, people are going to go crazy and say, like, I can't draft, or I, why would I draft Amon Ra top five when Jameson Williams is coming in? They drafted him to be the one. Shit like that. They're both going to fucking eat. They're both going to go crazy in this offense. I don't know who the quarterback's going to be, but those two guys are going to be next year's Miami Dolphins, Tyreek Hill, and Jalen Waddle for show. All right, let's look at some prize picks for tonight's game. How do I share a damn screen? There we go. All right. Well, as I um, as I mentioned at the top of the draft, or at the top of the video, I don't know why I fucking said draft, uh, they have an absolute free square on prize picks right now. 0.5 passing yards for Herbert next Sunday. So this is obviously, if you're going to do it with uh, a player tonight, a square tonight, then you'll have to wait until next Sunday to, um, Lions have a top three pick. Easy. That's right. I forgot. I was going to say they're two, they're, they're, Record is too good to be like top five pick, but they have the um, who do they have? They have the Rams first pick, and they're bad. Yeah, true. Herbert passing yards. Who else we got tonight? Uh, Taysom Hill point five passing yards. Interesting. I feel like he's going to get a goal line score. Tom Brady rushing yards negative point five. So they're just you're basically betting on what you're basically betting the money line on the on the Bucks right now. Does he kneel the ball two or three times? I think he'll sneak it. You know what? Fuck it. We're gonna take the over. We're gonna we're gonna wait to use the Herbert one. We're gonna take the more on Tom Brady. There's a few outs there, right? There's a goal line sneak. There's just a regular sneak. There's there's the Saints winning the game or this yeah, the Saints winning the game, the Saints having the possession when the clock runs out. You know, there's a lot of ways that this could turn out. We're gonna go over negative point five rushing yards. Fuck it. Shot White, Taysom Hill. Hmm. Ooh, they even put a discount on Chris Godwin over fifty. So they gave him you a fifteen percent discount. Why do they got so many discounts going right now? This shit's crazy. Mike Evans, I kind of want to bet against Mike Evans just because he gets sunned by Marshawn Lattimore. Like he's like, he's such, he really is like an alpha until another alpha steps up to him and then he becomes the beta. Like, and they get in his head so easily. They're probably just like, you're a beta and then you should start swinging. Like that's all that needs to be said to him. He's, he throws a little bitch fit every time someone like plays better than him. And every time it's Marshawn Lattimore, that's what happens. So I kind of want to take the under. But because that narrative is so easy and so strong, I feel like he'll just go crazy tonight, which I need. I need 18 half PPR points between Olave and Evans to beat one chains in the E-Town get down. It's insane. I had a lock. The, the victory was locked up. The, the victory was absolutely locked up for me against one chains. And then he had the Dallas Cowboys defense. So in the fourth quarter of last night's game, he got like 13 points from them. So now I need 18. It's fucking so stupid. Receptions. Uh, that's all right. Let's see. I kind of like the under here. I think he'll get three catches. Fuck him. Yeah, we're going to roll with this. We're going to throw a 50 spot for 250. 5X right there. Brady, 
over negative 0.5 rushing yards. Godwin over 56 and a half receiving and Jarvis Landry less than three and a half receptions. Matt, you can only do a max of 20 on the promotion. You run it. 2,500. All right, y'all. I will be back tomorrow for the waiver wire video as we are every single week. Make sure you go hit prize picks. Go hit that Justin Herbert line. Use promo code BDGE when you sign up and they're going to double whatever you deposit. That's the match we got going for you. Thank you, Ikey Baby. Right there, 0.5 passing yards, free fucking square. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you're new. Make sure you hit the thumbs up button if you enjoyed. And I'll see y'all tomorrow morning. Mwah. Yeah, yeah. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Prescription products require completion of an online medication consultation with an independent healthcare provider through the LifeMD platform and are only available if prescribed. Subscription required. Individual results may vary. Additional restrictions apply. Read all warnings before using GLP-1s. Side effects may include a risk of thyroid C-cell tumors. Do not use GLP-1s if you or your family have a history of thyroid cancer. If you've struggled for years to lose weight and have given up hope, did you know you can now access GLP-1 prescription medications at TryLifeMD.com? We're now offering eligible patients online access to GLP-1s, the breakthrough prescription medication that can help you lose body fat and weight. Listen to what people are saying. It's fun to put on jeans that you couldn't get into six months ago. Every morning, I look forward to getting on the scale. For anybody who's struggling with their weight, it's a godsend. And here's the best part. Your insurance may cover 100% of the cost of your medication. So go to TryLifeMD.com to have your eligibility checked right now. Get started today at trylifemd.com. That's T-R-Y-L-I-F-E-M-D.com.